0: was brought to you by our Patreon supporters, longtime supporters like Greg and Pearl Morgan, Amy Swan, Greg Bench, Joe Robertson, and Dan George, and new patrons like Kate Lamb, Andred, and Carl Davis are the people who make this podcast possible. Stick around for an extended shout out at the end. And now on to the episode.
1: Welcome to another episode of Father and Son Watch Horror Movies. I am co-host Father, aka Pastor Matt, and I am joined, as always, by my trusty co-host Jackson the Sun. And uh,
0: this is something I've been dreading for a long time. I think the existential dread of making this episode actually outweighs any in my top ten list. But uh, it's gonna be fun. Uh, we're all gonna get through it together and sing Kumbaya.
1: Well, let's <laughs> let's go this direction. First of all. Um, it's been a while since we've recorded, um, and our apologies to Barely Ashley, we had planned to record with Ashley on a movie, and we just haven't been able to put it together because both of us have just been so busy. Um, you're getting ready to go work on a feature, plus you're in you know school full-time, and, and I'm in school full-time, plus working a full-time job, plus trying to help my wife get some things done, and so I've been working from like 5.30 in the morning to like 10.30 at night, six, seven days a week. So... We apologize for that. And we also apologize because we were talking before we started recording, 2023, there were some good movies, but for horror, not a great year.
0: No, and that, it seems to, to, um, to saw, doesn't it? It seems to like go up and down year to year. We'll say, oh, this is the best year since 2016. And then the next year, it's like, all right. I feel like, you know, without getting ahead of myself, that my 10 through six on my list this year probably would have been honorable mentions on any other year uh, and that's that's just it's it's a a hard pill to swallow but i i really just feel like this was weaker overall and, and again there are outliers every year there are some mind-blowing you know amazing original films but i right. feel like for the most part this year lots of six out of tens
1: yeah not there was not in my opinion um now i i do have to state um as a caveat before we get going there was one movie I really wanted to see that I did not get a chance to. In fact, this year I only watched 30-some horror movies from 2023, when I usually watch at least 50. Yeah, But like I said, I've just been so swamped trying to wrap up PhD and, and all that kind of fun stuff. that I just didn't have time. But the one movie I really wanted to see and just could not make it and was hoping because they just re-released it, I was hoping it would come around, but it hasn't so far as I have not seen Godzilla Minus One. Mm. Um, I know you don't think it's a horror movie, but you did see it and you really liked it.
0: I'm a huge fan of it. I know it's in my top 15, you know, of, you know, any genre uh, from 2023. I really, really enjoyed it. And that's, you know you can draw lines arbitrarily and and i have in this case um (laughs) i think some kaiju films are are horror films and i I, you know i wouldn't argue with you if you said this was um like cloverfield yeah and it's you know i can understand godzilla 1954 being considered a horror movie because of the context right right? i mean godzilla 1954 and godzilla minus one are very similar tonally and and the things that they depict in fact it's it's almost it's kind of like a remake in a way of godzilla 1954 however i think the context of it being a film released in 2023 makes its bid as a horror movie a little less compelling to me um i think it's more like an action film in my opinion now i can understand maybe shin godzilla having a stronger kind of grasp on the horror genre um Mm -hmm. but but for me godzilla minus one uh, was less of a horror film and more like a like an action thriller, with elements of comedy even in it. So, um, well, there's
1: always some elements of comedy in Godzilla movies, right? And sure. almost all of but them.
0: But this is no um, this is uh, to be clear. This is no Godzilla versus Megalon or whatever. Uh, this is one of the '70s films where Godzilla is doing karate and dance moves. This is not one of those. <laughs> uh, this is Godzilla is treated fully seriously as a natural disaster, as a threat. Um, I just don't think that it's 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 really. And he look, I'm one to talk. There are movies on this list which are probably in any other year I would not consider horror. But I wanted some good movies on this list, so I've made some sacrifices here or there. I've I've maybe um, uh, bent my morals, you could say, as far as as genre goes um and i'm i'm right with you you said that they were you know godzilla minus one you really wanted to see i'm i suspect there are others too that were in the festival circuit that we didn't get to see um just off the top of my head there's a
1: i'm a bit of a as you know a horror movie snob one of the things i do several times during the year is i go over and i google uh horror movies you know from the year rotten tomatoes and i try to see all the ones that are like really high on rotten tomatoes Now that doesn't mean i like all of them uh you know one of the movies that did not make my list um not that it's not not that it's a bad movie it's not a bad movie it just really didn't engage me emotionally at all Mm -hmm. um which was and it was really high on rotten tomatoes was uh i i I don't know if i'm pronouncing this correctly um i can only do hebrew and greek (laughs) folks um i think i know where this is going by the way
0: Hosera the bone woman oh that's not what i thought you were gonna say but i'm the same way i thought there were elements i really really enjoyed about it but i just didn't connect with it and it almost at times just briefly it almost at times felt like it was rooting for the main character to do things that were not in her best interest yes just without without going deeper into that um and uh so yeah that's 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 kind of a I I thought there were lots of I thought it had a great first act. I thought the whole movie mm-hmm. looked fantastic, had a great soundtrack. Yes. I love the the kind of punk ethos behind it. Um and the folklore, but I I just felt like maybe the s- screenplay was coming from a very strange perspective um i would say but yeah i yeah. i felt the same way i thought that you were going to talk about another movie which a lot of people have not been connecting oh. with that was critically well received by many but but i think divisive and we might talk about that one later that one may come
1: line. up that one may come up but, but I mean, anyway let me was, just say
0: before we start yeah. you know there are so many that are listed as 2023 movies that I was looking forward to that have not been released yet wide. I mean, there are movies that were hitting the festival circuit in the early year, like in the spring, that still have not seen a release that I have been itching to see. Um, There's, you know, obviously the Toxic Avenger remake. Uh, There's Late Night with the Devil. There's one called like Humanist Vampire Seeking living person well, I, or famous, like
1: that. I guess the one i saw pot you know that they got thrown around a lot was the remake of salem's lot yeah which you know i don't know what happened to it and
0: and a foreign film called sleep i think it's korean that i was really 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 interested everything i saw about it i was like this would 100 percent be my jam has not come out anywhere and it's like a year old at this point so it's kind of frustrating um and that's going to come to to bite me in the butt i think when we make our 2024 list because it's like where do i count this how do i because when you sort on letterboxd by 2023 you see a bunch of movies that aren't out yet and when you sort by 2024 you'll see a bunch of movies that did come out that year you won't see a bunch of movies that did come out that year i mean so it's 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 really kind of tricky and i kind of hate the way that those things are labeled yeah. it's like if it hasn't released wide that year don't label it as a film from that year i mean they're whatever That's it's it's rabbit. always
1: it's, it's always a juggling act isn't it try to figure out when to put something if they do make the festival circuit if it's been you know going here to there and you know you're somebody like our buddy nathan bartable over at h p and phantom galaxy who who does still go to a lot of film festivals or you know i know he was even during covid was watching was attending you know sundance online yeah. um and watching the movies and so he's seeing these films and but you know, can you label them as that year if they don't, you know, come out to uh, get a wide release until the next year? And it, it's always you know right. trying to figure what that is. And so I, yeah, it's kind of a pain in the butt to to do that for people like me who's who are OCD and love lists. <laughs> you know, uh, Hollywood cares nothing for me. Nothing. I've,
0: I've inherited that from you. That curse. Um, I'm yes. also sometimes I'll 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 just find myself
1: just mindlessly making lists of movies for no like what am i doing i do the same thing i i've done the same thing uh, i usually do it when i'm trying to fall asleep when i have insomnia <laughs> but i i have done the same your thing. version but of yeah, counting it was it just wasn't it wasn't it wasn't that there weren't good films obviously we've got a we've each have top 10 list right and there are some films that i will one of these days when i get two minutes to rub together i will want to see again <laughs> um but there was not a hereditary this year. No. There was not a midsummer. There was not uh, a get out. There was, you know, there wasn't even, in my opinion, even though there were a couple that came close. There wasn't even a like the invitation. Hmm. There wasn't even that this year.
0: I might disagree. In my opinion, uh, we'll see about that when we get when we get okay. into you know the the higher, the peaks of my list. But um, yeah, overall, I would say, I would say um, it's a year with peaks and valleys, but the peaks aren't, um, aren't to like 2016 or 2018 levels, uh, but the valleys aren't quite to a, you know, whatever,
1: 2020. And I I will say there was, you know, because I'm kind of picky in in what I watch, Mm -hmm. I'm glad that I don't watch a lot of films that I'm just like, uh, you know, yeah. um, I didn't even bother to check out the new exorcist after hearing <laughs> Same. that, you know, basically th- that when Greg Amortis, um, who wants to cheer for every horror movie, when Greg is like, I don't know how to feel about it, then that, you know, <laughs> that's a major warning sign. Right. Ooh, yeah. Um, where he's like, I don't know if I liked it or I hated it, which means Greg, you hated it, but because you're such a horror movie fan, you just don't want to say it. Um, <laughs> So I didn't even watch it. Um, Now, some of the ones that, you know, some of our other podcasting friends do not have that snobbish streak like I do. And sometimes they recommend things that, sometimes they recommend things that knock it out of the park. And sometimes they're, uh, you know, uh, not so good. And um, (laughs) like, and one of those would have been uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, which was God awful. (laughs) I'm looking forward to the sequel, though.
0: Oh, it's so
1: bad. I
0: mean, yeah. Well, well, yes. And I think that's, you know, it's it's one of those films where it's like, this is not good, but I had fun and laughed at it. And that's kind of the way it was. My entire theater, I saw Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey in theaters, by the way, can I just say, with a friend. And the entire theater was laughing at the movie. So I mean from the get-go with that animated <laughs> intro, people are
1: like, oh uh, boy. And people are already chuckling. And yeah, it's it's just one of can those. Can we movies- just all agree though. I mean, it's basically a a a it's trying to be an 80 slasher. It's got the you know, it's got the gratuitous nudity for no reason, it's got all that kind of stuff. Um, but can we agree whoever did the masks did the mask for Winnie the Pooh? was, was, you know, not a Sveney school graduate. I mean, that was the worst, that thing looked like it came straight from like Walgreens, did it not?
0: <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it though. And, and here's something that might uh, ruffle some feathers. On my uh, list of all films from 2023, I have Winnie the Pooh, uh, Blood and Honey higher than House.
1: so. Oh, how dare you? It's fun. At least, at least House. You know they get the. I mean, obviously it was done with tongue firmly planted in cheek, right? <laughs> I mean it's it's like when the when the when the sloth is is you know laying out by the pool. I mean, obviously you know they get the joke and it and so and that's one I watched because of Nathan. And no, it did not make my top ten list, but I did think that was fun. And the filmmakers were obviously trying to mm. have fun, uh, whereas I really think that the makers of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey thought they were making a really cool slasher, you know, and I just could not take a minute of it seriously. <laughs> well, and and also to be fair, uh, I did have severe pneumonia
0: when I was watching Slaughterhouse. Um and I watched Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey in theaters, like I said, which is insane. Right. That's an insane statement, right?
1: There. That is insane.
0: I paid $10 to see
1: Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey.
0: Woof. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, um <laughs> now let's get to it. What is are you ready to go? I'm I'm tentatively ready to go. I'm I'm ready oh, to go. Oh, come in. on. Let me hear your number 10. My number 10 uh is one that a lot of people loved. You know, originally I was a little lukewarm on it. I've come up on it since. Um, but my number 10 is Evil Dead
1: Rise. Oh, okay. Yeah, you were you were kind of so-so on it the first time you watched it, I I remember. Now, okay. I I will say right off the top. Poor you know, Gilman Joel's going to lose it. I hope he's not driving while he's listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Because he sorry. loves that movie. It's
0: and and listen, it's it's slick. It's modern. It's got that. It's still got that sinister edge. It, it is the least good evil dead movie. I think most people can agree on that. It is the least. I will. Evil I dead will movie.
1: agree with you on that. I I will agree with you on that. It is with you. If you take the first three Sam Raimis and you take the remake in this one, it's definitely number five out of five.
0: But it's that stiff competition. You know, it's like it's that's yes. really, really yes. tricky. It's still a great film. Um, it moves at a breakneck, no pun intended, pace. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I mean, it, it still does have that mean streak to it. Right. I mean, kids are murdered yes. brutally in this. Yes. So um, I love the setting. I think it uses the space really well um i thought that uh the camera work was really cool there's that shot of the eyeball coming out of the head and going into the mouth that's awesome and then the mom as the deadite is really really creepy you got the uh, you know the fly landing on her eyeball and stuff like that it's really really creepy and and the the view through the um through the the um peephole in the door that's a great sequence um so there are lots of great little set pieces it kind of reminds me of the original child's play in that way where Mm. You know every inch of that apartment by the end of the film, right. Um, and uh, yeah,
1: unlike some films, the geography there actually makes sense.
0: yeah. So, and you know, you don't necessarily love any of the characters. I mean, even the children are pretty <laughs> underdeveloped, right? But I think if you were endeared to these characters and then saw them die brutally, it would be like sure. a little much. but um or maybe not, depending on on where you you land on that. And one of my films later
1: might might ascribe more to that philosophy. but, yeah, I, I I think that well, let's let's face it, our buddy Bill Van Vagel would, would want to become <laughs> endeared to them, and then to see with him horribly slaughtered because sure. Bill is a sick, sick individual <laughs> who teaches children.
0: By the way, yeah, I think <laughs> oh, let's all be glad that he gets his demons out, washing Iron
1: Butterfly or whatever. Let's it. <laughs> hope, let's hope he doesn't carry any of those into the classroom with him. Yeah,
0: I mean, we covered this movie, I would say, pretty in depth on our Patreon show. Uh, it was a fun time. It just didn't really rock my world. This is my number ten. I, this beat out, you know, the new scream film. It beat out a lot of those legacy sequels. Mm-hmm. But I would still say it's it's like a six to six point five out of ten. It didn't really rock my world. Um, but but yeah, my number ten is Evil Dead Rise. Um, it's you can't go wrong with it, I think. But um, uh, and it's it's short and and quickly paced. But uh, just didn't uh just didn't really um this this number ten spot would would go to something a little stronger in any other
1: year, I think sure uh, yeah, i but uh we may revisit that one okay um, all right uh, my number ten is a sci-fi horror film mm. and um called uh, no one will Save you mm-hmm. Very little dialogue. Uh, but I still thought that, uh, the acting was, um, solid. The young lady who most people recognize either from Justified or from, uh, what is it called? Last Man Standing, I think was the Tim Allen sitcom she was on. Yeah. Um, she's really grown into a really strong actress because she had to carry this. And, yeah. and, uh, I thought she did a really good job and I thought the ending was kind of gutsy and, um yeah no one will save you number 10 this is one i
0: haven't seen and i really do want to see it because i love alien designs and like i hear that there are a bunch of really cool alien designs in this and i love i just love that kind of like you take aliens and you put them in a in like a very terrestrial setting that's really interesting to me i love that kind of thing um i don't know if this is apt but it kind of reminds me of attack the block just like the the idea Mm. of having aliens in this this you know very terrestrial familiar setting um, a small town this is a small town sure but uh I do want to see it and I've heard good things um just didn't get around to it
1: uh and um yeah I suspect honestly it's it is streaming on Hulu mm-hmm. so I know you've been swamped as we both have yeah. you were as we were talking before we started recording you were up till 10 o'clock on a Friday night learning editing mm-hmm. software mm-hmm. um <laughs> you know getting certified on editing software so um, that's the kind of lives we've been having. But I'm, I am I'm certified, folks. Greek verbs at ten thirty. Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. I'm parsing Greek verbs at ten thirty at night. Um, <laughs> Fun to prepare for my comprehensive exams. But um, no, I think no one will save you. I think you'll like it. I, I you know. um is it a movie I'll go back and watch again knowing because it's because of the ending and so forth? Maybe not. But I think that, and and the actress's name who escaped me earlier, Caitlin Deaver, I believe is her name. Hmm. Um, She's very good in it though. Very good. Even though there's very little dialogue, um, she does a great job and it's a very physical role and she's not a big person. I mean, she's probably five foot tall and probably like 110 pounds soaking wet Um, but she, she does an amazing job in it. Nice.
0: Yeah. That's one I'll have to see. And, um, you might see my list change down the road as, as I see more things. Um, but, uh, this is where I'm at right now. This is a, uh, this is a me frozen in my,
1: My list will probably change too um, once I see Godzilla minus one. If yep. Everybody is telling me, and what I really want to see when I said it's being re-released, it's being re-released in black and white.
0: Yeah, Godzilla minus color, I think it's called, which is really yeah. cool.
1: I like that a lot.
0: And from what I've seen, and people have criticized that as just being like lazy and capitalizing, but they've regraded the entire film. This is not just a slapping grayscale over it. I've seen the comparisons; they have gone in and they've actually graded it to be black and white, like they've they really you go done it with
1: when hair. it's done well it's it, it it's worth it right like if you if people who own the blu-ray of the mist if they've mm-hmm. got the edition with the black and white on it, the mist is i loved the mist anyway sorry joel um <laughs> and yes the ending makes sense joel um but the black and white version is really creepy it's all it's much creepier and so i really look forward to seeing godzilla minus one but for now my number 10 no one will save you so our number nine what's your number nine buddy my number nine uh is one that i haven't heard a lot of people talking about maybe i'm out of the know
0: um but my number nine is birth slash rebirth um i haven't seen it this is one of it has one of the best first acts in a film this year i would say it has a great hook Mm -hmm. um i think the script loses me a little as the movie goes on i mean without spoiling anything i think characters kind of accept certain plot points too readily um, uh, to to maintain believability i guess i would say but it's essentially yep. a modern retelling of reanimator um, but it's it's got a more personal bent um so it's it's fast-paced maybe too fast-paced um but i think it's well worth a watch it's got great performances it's got um the uh the secondary lead is marin ireland which you might remember from the dark and the wicked do you remember the dark and the wicked sure yeah. she was also in the boogeyman and the irishman so oh, okay quite the filmography um but but she's great in it um the main character is is judy reyes and she's she's great as well but but essentially uh yeah a uh, a young child dies and is brought back and there's some some consequences of that so birth slash rebirth great first act Um, loses me a little, but I still think it's a strong film overall. I would give it a 6.5 out of 10.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I have not seen it. So my number nine is a movie, uh, like evil dead rises that, uh, we have spoken about, Mm -hmm. um, at length. So I won't spend too much time on it. And it's a number nine, largely because of the lead performance. I think, you know, where I'm going with this Mm. stall X. Yeah. I love Tobin Bell in this. The movie has problems. The movie definitely has issues. It has plot holes big enough to drive a 70s Buick through. (laughs) Um, But Tobin Bell is, we both agreed on this, right? That Tobin Bell is an underrated actor. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he carries this movie on his shoulders. Yeah, he's fantastic in it. And so sneaking in at number nine, and I I went back and forth on this in another movie, um that almost made my top 10 that we'll talk about later but uh anyway number nine saw x and we did we done some patreon discussion on that so you can go check that, <laughs> that we out did. Yes, we not, did yeah i'm
0: not i'm not i'm not super high on saw x um i don't think it's the worst saw movie i don't think it's the best i think it lands somewhere in the middle um and and yeah like you said tobin bell is amazing this is really his film um, yeah. I mean, he really has been the star of the show since the original solve, but this is the one where he's given the most to work with, I think. Um, yeah, it's
1: not two dimensional this time around. He's sure. he's it's fleshed out, and it just as we discussed on Patreon, it shows that he should have been given a lot more work in 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 by Hollywood a long time ago. I mean, the poor guy's now pushing like I think 80, you know, but you know, when he was in his 50s and so forth when he was doing movies like small roles in mississippi burning somebody should have recognized him somebody like quentin tarantino somebody should have recognized him and put him in a in a larger role with more range don't you think
0: yeah yeah i agree with that and but to be fair i mean he's got a legacy now i'm glad that he's he's kind of found his niche a little bit he's he's he's, he is john kramer you know and he'll always be associated with there are some uh famous horror icons like Jason that have been played by many people and are right. kind of faceless. But I mean, you can't take that from him.
1: He is John Kramer. He is Jigsaw. So, yep. He's one of the few like kind of like Anthony Perkins as Norman that always mm-hmm. has that role. Right. Yeah. So what's your number eight, buddy? My number eight uh, is an Indian film called Roman Cham.
0: Uh I haven't seen this one either. Does this fit on a horror list? Probably not. But let me have this, is what I would say. <laughs> um, it's mostly a comedy. The horror elements don't start until halfway through the movie. But this movie, but, uh, it's a fun time. And I, don't th- I think any horror fan can enjoy it. Um, and I know a lot of people probably haven't heard about this one. So just to briefly describe the plot. Uh, it's about seven roommates. They're in a rut uh, until one night. They're playing with a Ouija board. And they encounter a spirit named Anamika. Uh, so people come all around to, to ask the spirit questions, and eventually Anamika doesn't want to leave. So that's oh. that's Roman Chom. It's an addicting watch. It's it's got that classic Indian style. It's it's like a laugh a minute comedy until it slams on the brakes and hits you with supernatural dread. Um, so if you like horror theme comedies it, uh, with a cast of memorable characters, it's like like one cut of a dead of the dead or bodies 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 that kind of thing. You'll definitely get gotcha. a. Uh, kick out of Roman Sham. it also has some pretty sick original songs produced for it um, in that, it's not a Bollywood film but in that classic Bollywood style where the, the, there's just a it'll be they don't sing but a song will start playing that's about the movie with lyrics about the movie which is, is really fun um, but I would also say make sure if you watch this watch the original uh, Malayalam language version because Hulu defaults to the Tamil dub and if you're going to watch this with subtitles anyways, you might as well watch the actor's original performances. Um, so, yeah, Roman Sham, it's a 7 out of 10. It's a lot of fun. It's a horror comedy, maybe a comedy horror. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, that's my number eight.
1: All right. Well, my number eight was uh, a film that I think was one of those films we were talking about that kind of floated around the festival circuit in 2022 and was picked up by Shudder. And this one is borderline horror too. This is, mm-hmm. you know, most people would label it a thriller. I thought it was, you know, um, Shudder thought it was a horror movie, and I think it kind of bleeds over into that. And that is Influencer. Mm. So Influencer is a film I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, but it's um, it is about a social media influencer who is overseas, and she befriend she is befriended by a young woman who may or may not have her uh best uh, intentions in heart. I mean it's mm. just so it's uh but it's it's a compelling watch and I would definitely recommend influencer. I think I originally gave it an 8 out of 10. Maybe a 7.5 out of 10, but it's 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 a fun watch. I've never even heard of this one. Yep, it's on Shutter. Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out. This is,
0: that sounds, that's exactly my kind of thing. I love that kind of thing where it's like the horror
1: version of What About Bob, maybe. Yeah, it's, yeah. And it's, but it's, um, I really liked where it went. And um, so I, yeah, I, th- I definitely think you would, you would enjoy it. Nice. So if people haven't seen it, they, it's definitely worth a watch. And there's some great performances, great shots. Yeah, Influencer. It's on the watch list. All right. So, what's your number seven,
0: buddy? My number seven, uh, and here's earlier. I thought you were going to talk about this movie, and I okay. was I was prepared to take umbrage, but not really. I totally understand the the controversy. <laughs> my number seven is Skinamarink. Uh, oh now, my gosh,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Skinamarink! Uh, this is, movie's
1: a turd.
0: I I love it. And here, so let me let me just break it down. This <sighs> movie is deeply disturbing to anyone who remembers like what it's like to be truly scared of the dark take yourself back okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) now when you're scared of the dark you're like okay whatever i can turn on my phone flashlight but think about when you were five six you know even younger yeah uh that's skinnamaric it's it's underexposed it's murky it feels like it lasts 12 hours and yes it does
1: it does feel like it lasts 12 hours
0: (laughs) that's by design um i would say as far as atmosphere and sound sound design goes it's a masterpiece it's not going to be for everyone some have called it ambient horror and i i don't think that's entirely not for everyone i i I
1: would argue it's not for anyone but (laughs) go ahead
0: i'll just say okay if if the shining bores you steer clear because this is less of a slow burn and skinamarink is
1: more of like a, a glacial freeze, um, but well, should have been burned is whatever they film this on. <laughs> I this this movie is is a waste of time. I'm triggered just thinking about the wh- however long it actually is. It's been, it, for all I know, it's only 30 minutes. It felt like 12 <laughs> hours. It, it, it is horrendous.
0: I love Inc. This is entirely my jam. Uh, I don't know where, where Joel lands on this. I know he also likes analog horror. Um, he loves
1: this movie for whatever reason. I'm
0: with him on that. It's definitely yeah. a very niche subgenre. Um, it's, it's It's definitely not for everyone, like I said. But if you're looking for something that's a mood piece, if you're willing to go the art film route... I think Skinner Inc, uh, is definitely worth a watch. If you're, listen, it's not Andy Warhol's Empire, okay? Things do happen in it, but... Uh, no, these
1: are filmmakers who love David Lynch, but lack, uh, what's it called? Oh, talent. That's what it is. Um,
0: I would compare it less to David Lynch and more to like the backrooms. If you're interested in that kind of like uh, analog horror, ARG type of style, um, a... You know something with a little bit of an ambiguous bent to it i would say check out Skinamarink, but uh it won't be for everyone so it's that's my number seven i'm giving it a 7.5 out of 10 and my number seven is Skinamarink.
1: oh gosh uh oh, i cannot warn people to stay away from that more <laughs> I, I really can't uh my number seven was one of the first horror films that i watched in 2023 it was another one that was on the festival circuit 2022 all over the place and it finally got up into streaming early in 2023 and that is a Christian Bale movie called The Pale Hmm. Blue Eyes yeah 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 you told
0: me about this one uh
1: very good um I unfortunately I don't think that you know they the rest of the cast doesn't quite live up to it Bale's very good in it uh it's very well shot it, it has some problems, but overall, I, I, I think that, and oh let's face it, especially these, uh, there are a couple in my top 10 list that are going to be this way. I'm not sure if I'll ever watch it again, but I can't deny that its strengths are, are strong enough to, to carry it into like the 7.5 range. So, th- so you consider that is this another borderline
0: horror one? I've heard yes. people say this is more of like a procedural, maybe. I don't even know what to call yeah, it. Yeah, like but horror. I mean,
1: you can. I, I, I don't really like you know procedural. I hear this all the time. It's like, no, it's a crime procedural. Well, you could argue that to a degree about Psycho. I mean, you mm-hmm. could argue that about Seven. You could argue yeah. that. But, you know, if you like when they interview the screenwriter of Seven, they asked him, you know, what what would you think about this thriller movie? And he was like, I didn't write a thriller movie. I wrote a horror movie. Sure. Yeah. And so just because there's procedural in it doesn't mean it's not horror. I, you know, I, I would I think people who like procedurals would like like my wife, uh, Megan, likes procedurals. She would not mm-hmm. like this. This would be too horrific mm. for her. Let's put it that way. OK,
0: yeah sounds sounds awesome and i love christian bale no matter what he's in i think he turns in a great performance so absolutely yeah
1: even in one of the worst terminator movies he's good (laughs) that's true now is lou reed in this film at all (laughs) (laughs) not that i saw no the corpse of lou reed was not being no No. (laughs) that's a shame missed opportunity there if you ask me Uh, you want to talk about a guy who got lucky
0: in his career. Um, <laughs> there's another. We disagree on Skinamarink and The Velvet Underground. There's. Oh, there's no. The words.
1: Velvet Underground had a couple of good songs, but despite the fact that Lou Reed could play three chords and couldn't sing. <laughs> well, um, that's the way it is with most punk stuff, right? I mean, <laughs> well, that's the punk ethos. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, what's your next movie, buddy? My number six is Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Okay. This movie was
0: just plain fun. Definitely my favorite Eli Roth film. I don't know if that'll ruffle, ruffle any feathers, but I like Cabin Fever. I like Hostel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even...
1: See, I'm one of, of the few people that actually liked his remake of Death Wish. I haven't seen it. Um, I liked it, you know. Um, I like Bruce Willis. <laughs> I yeah. Um, but I liked Death Wish. But um, yeah, Thanksgiving... Yeah, I, it didn't quite make my list that's what i was talking about that kind of hovered around hmm. the 10 range was it gonna come in or not um i was initially kind of put off by it sure because it was so eli roth took a very different tack than the uh, trailer we've all the mock trailer we've all come to love
0: yeah sure
1: i was kind of thinking that he would do his version of kind of the mutilator and even in the way it looked mm-hmm And it looked like he just got a lot more money than he knew what to do with and so he got patrick dempsey mcdreamy um you know involved and and it's kind of went that route so i was kind of put off by that at first i didn't i it wasn't what i wanted Hmm. but then when i kind of just got over my roger ebert self because roger ebert was always guilty of uh reviewing the film he wanted to see instead of the film he got right um and so when i got over that and revisited it thanks to uh brian scott um i did really enjoy it and almost made my top 10 list it's definitely an honorable mention i agree with you it's fun
0: well this definitely has that kind of like glossy halloween 2018 look to it right it definitely looks modern digital not
1: that and that disappointed me at first i still think Mm -hmm. he should have shot it you know rough like a 70s grindhouse film
0: uh yeah and i'm sort of with you there i think this movie actually not only delivers but it kind of excels at the the premise of the trailer Mm -hmm. um i think it really delivered I think the third act reveal is a little weak uh i mean yep. when you have so many red herrings the final reveal is always gonna kind of feel like pick a name out of a hat you know um but uh but it's a really fun watch overall i'm excited to see what the sequel will offer where are we gonna go from here right. you know like what happens next um i'm sure eli Roth is cooking something up but it is a little concerning i mean he had like what 12 years to cook this one up yeah so maybe maybe Thanksgiving too, won't be quite so inspired. Um, but, uh, and he kind of used all the gags, right? I mean, we get the, the turkey person, we get the, uh, we get all the Thanksgiving imagery used. So I'm kind of wondering where he goes.
1: Yeah. I Um, don't know either. That's, it's a good question. And, uh, you know, but you know, wait, we'll see, but yeah, I'm glad it made your list. Um, I did want to talk about it it did go up the first time I saw it. And this is one of the few horror movies I saw in the theater this year. Yeah. And, you know, I went to see it and I, like it's I a, said, I was, it's I, a fun I theater walked, experience. I walked out thinking, eh, it's a six out of 10. It's not, it's not a bad movie, but it's not what I wanted. Hmm. Then, like I said, when I got over that and one late night with some insomnia, Brian Scott had, you know, had was nice enough to uh, share his uh, copy of digital copy of Thanksgiving with me. And I watched it and, and I watched it again, and and uh, it grew on me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would say this is a grower. I mean, it's like it's a fond memory for me seeing that in theaters again. Like Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, it was a fun theater experience. I mean, yeah. at that dinner scene, the theater was audibly gasping at the reveals, you know. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I had I remembered the trailer from Grindhouse, so some of the gags kind of. Uh, were were familiar to me but there's right. some, there's some original stuff in there um, so yeah Thanksgiving was a really fun watch very odd opening I would say I did yeah. not expect that opening and how that relates to the rest of the movie but yeah it's a really really fun slasher uh, with some cool kills less mean I would say than the trailer and more like a modern like I said tw- Halloween 2018 or, or yeah. Scream 5 that kind of vibe right. to it but, um, but yeah definitely a big fan of this one it was a lot of fun and yeah, like I said, it is my favorite Eli Roth film. I, I like Hostel, I like Cabin Fever, but I think those are a little, um, how do I put it? They're like, a, there are some really great ideas, and then there are some, dude, take a hit from this bong, wouldn't that be yeah. cool kind of thing. So, uh, so yeah, that's where I land on Thanksgiving.
1: I liked Eli Ross also uh, House with a Clock in Its Walls. I thought that was good.
0: I haven't seen that. I love Jack Black. I think it's interesting to make, you know, more gateway horror stuff.
1: That's yeah, good no, I thought it was well that. done. I thought it was yeah. well done. I think you, you'd enjoy it. And I, I, I seem to be alone on his remake of Death Wish. But if you ever get a chance to check <laughs> it out, I'd like to hear what you say. But all right. My number six is The Blackening. Wow, nice. Yeah, I I thought this was a lot of fun. This is definitely horror comedy. Um, and you know, there's, there's some some really seriously laugh out loud stuff and, uh, but there's also just enough suspense that it, it, it can cross over into pure horror, but it's mainly a comedy, but I thought it was really well done. I liked the characters a lot. I thought the dialogue was good. Um, and so yeah, the blackening, I, you know, I, I think I gave it an eight out of 10. This is another
0: one I haven't seen. I almost saw it in theaters. Uh, But yeah, I'm definitely interested uh, in seeing The Blackening. Great title for a movie, by the way.
1: Yes. Yeah. I rented this one off Amazon Prime when I I waited for it forever, and I finally rented it. And uh, no, I I really enjoyed it. So yeah, check out The Blackening. So what's your number five?
0: My number five uh, is is a foreign film. I think it's Argentinian, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, from the director of Terrified, if yep. you remember that, yep. um, It's when evil lurks. Uh, mean spirited, very yes. very mean supernatural nightmare. It's it's one of those those movies where we see a dude's entire life fall apart over the course yes. of the film, and yeah. you can't do anything but watch. Um, it's you know the folklore in the film is a little convoluted. It's a little hard to follow at times, but really all you need to know is the character screwed up. Now something is loose, and there's hell to pay, and that's this movie. Um, I I think I might like it even more than Terrified. It's it's really, really it sticks with you. I mean that's that
1: downtrodden. Well, that, I agree with that one hundred percent. This uh, it, we're going to talk about this movie again. Okay. Um, I, but I will say I agree with you. The reason that it may it will make my list. I'll we'll find out after you know a short time where it pops up. But um, it, it was a movie that I thought, this is not my cup of tea. Yeah. I don't usually like mean-spirited. But like you said, it stuck with me to the point where I, I couldn't deny it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's definitely, I had to watch this in two sittings because that it, it is just one that weighs heavy on you. It's yeah. got a really, really depressing kind of vibe to it. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I stuck with it um because there's a lot of really weird imagery in the third act that I think you're not going to yes. want to miss. Yes. So, uh so look forward to that. When Evil Lurks very strange uh and kind of haunting movie um but but a really strong outing from a guy we kind of hadn't heard from in a while. I mean, terrified was like 2017, wasn't it? Yeah. So, this he's definitely come back with um with with a vengeance. Demian Rugna is the is the uh, mm-hmm. director. Um, but yeah, strong outing. And when evil lurks is my number five, I would give it a 7.5, I think out of 10.
1: Okay. All right. I liked it more than you. And, but speaking of movies, I liked more than you. My number five is evil dead rise. Mm. And uh, this is another one that like Thanksgiving grew on me. The first time I saw it, I just thought it was so, so I, I just thought it was, you know, I didn't but it it did really grow on me. I really like the way they kind of pull things together at the end. If you know what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. I don't want to, don't want to give it away. I mean, that's definitely one way of wording it. Yeah. We typically are a spoiler podcast. We usually spoil the movies we discuss, but we we, we're not doing it for this one because you know, there are some movies on here. I know that, um, a lot of our friends haven't seen and listeners haven't seen. So, uh, but evil dead rise, um, I imagine most people have seen it, but still, yeah, it 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 snuck up for me. But I agree with you. I think that if and this is rare for me to say, if it had been maybe a few minutes longer and we'd gotten to know the characters a little bit better, I think you're right. I think it would have had more of an emotional gut punch to it. Yeah. And I and I agree with you also that this may this is the bottom of the quote unquote barrel. Uh, of the evil dead movies but i think it's fair to say that barrel contains some it's like a barrel of fine scotch you know what i mean this is <laughs> right. this is this is uh it may be the 5th out of 5 you know evil dead movies but look at what it's following uh you know the it, with Eve, with ramy's three movies and the incredible remake you know that's that's tough company and so but i think that what they did i i really still enjoyed and so yep, it's my number five well this is one that we watched together i don't know if we mentioned yep. that and i wonder if we were
0: kind of a feedback loop on each other where we're both like well it wasn't the greatest i enjoyed it but was and then after we you know had some time to just kind of sit with the film it, it, it grew on us a little bit because i don't think this would have made my top 10 list uh even like two months ago but just thinking right. back on it, it it was it's a really really uh energetic maybe not fun maybe that's not the right word but it's it's not the right word for this
1: this is not army of darkness no
0: uh although there are some elements that maybe cast in a different light could be army of darkness-esque um but but yeah so it it is a strong film i think it definitely deserves to be on my top 10 list i'm surprised it made it to your number five but um but i'm not i'm not surprised that, that you enjoyed it as much as you did what about you what's next for you my number four is a little film called the passenger Mm. this is kind of a sleeper hit i think uh i as far as i know it was a straight to vod kind of kind of movie but this is another one i'm not sure i can call a horror film but it's my list so it's here anyways um red letter media sweetheart kyle gallner um of nightmare on elm street remake zone uh and smile and red eye and a bunch of things uh kind of secretly maybe horrors like new icon kyle goldner i think he turns in his best performance yet uh it's it's kind of a road thriller film think i would say think collateral except the characters work at a fast food restaurant that's that that's my pitch for the passenger um it's it's both a coming of age narrative for our main character and a falling down style narrative for the the antagonist gotcha um and it also features ween's spinoff group moist boys on the soundtrack so that's an absolute win in my book so <laughs> the passenger uh seven and a half out of ten really really fun watch um and i think it's it's i don't i don't know how else to say this but i feel like it's got a heart and i don't know if that's the right word that i want to use there um but it's got an emotional kind of element to
1: it so definitely check out the passenger i have not seen it so it's a good one okay i'll have to check that out um my number four is a movie that i had absolutely zero expectations for Mm. none and that was megan Wow. Okay, nice. Uh, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, And and again, this is one of those movies, it's just that kind of year. In a normal year, this would be an honorable mention. Sure. Uh, But this year, it's my number four. because And this is a movie I could go back and watch again because I did think it was fun. And you can say what you want about Blumhouse, and at times, I certainly could as well. What was it? What was that piece of crap? Was it truth or dare? What was it? Yeah, yeah, Oh, oh, that was awful. I mean, yeah, they've put out some crap, but, um, this one surprised me. Yeah. I'm with you. I I liked Megan a lot. I think that would, that would
0: be in my honorable mentions. Um, yeah, it was really fun. I saw it in theaters. Um, and I remember at the beginning of the year when, when pickings were slim and they didn't get, less slim that much as the year went on but when pickings were slim i mean this was this was definitely up there i made a i had a little bit of a controversial tweet where i i had a a picture of um uh the two posters of infinity pool and megan which i both watched that month and i said it megan over infinity pool and uh i i'm not sticking with that now but um that was that was kind of a um a fun little fun little moment in time but yeah i i liked megan a lot it was a lot of fun um, I think the main character what's what's her name? She's from um get out. was was really, get out really, yeah. good., yeah. um, and Megan herself is is kind of an icon, and I can't wait for Meforgan. Yeah. <laughs> <Maforgan. laughs> oh man. All right, what's your next movie, buddy? My number three, uh, this is another one we talked about at length on the bonus pod is talk to me. Ah, okay. talk to me outstanding first outing Uh, akin to a get out or the witch I'm not saying it's quite there but it's definitely got some some real talent behind the film Uh, it's got that third act that follows the classic character ruining their lives because of delusions kind of trope Um, and it feels a little familiar I would say as a result but it's still effectively executed it still hits you in the gut Um, it's short too I mean this thing is paced at a breakneck speed Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, think this is a film a lot of people are talking about as the definitive 2023 outing. I don't necessarily disagree, but, but yeah, I think there are two stronger films this year, but still 7.5 to an eight out of 10 talk to me is, is a
1: lot of fun. Well, we're going to talk about talk to me again. So, Man. um, my number three is a movie that, uh, I seem to be alone in my love for it. <laughs> I, 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 I love it kevin williamson is back i loved everything about it i thought it was suspenseful i thought it was clever that is sick Mm. my number three is sick (laughs) yeah you're alone on that one dad i'm sorry
0: sick is so boring
1: what it is not boring at all
0: i just didn't think there was anything original about it it's
1: just scream but with covid masks i don't know oh how dare you how double dare you (laughs) i love sick i will stand by sick i thought it was a black i will watch it again i I love it i thought kevin williamson's dialogue was great i thought he nailed it really really liked it and so yep number three sick so i and i I, stand by it darn it (laughs) i don't even love the new crop of scream sequels
0: but i think those are better you know by far especially no, scream really. six which i really enjoyed and we disagree on the yeah, ranking yeah. of screen five and screen scream six you can go listen to our bonus pod about that or no yeah. that was a regular pod, wasn't it um but uh but yeah so i'm i'm pretty low on sick it's not my least favorite of the year but i just didn't i found it kind of boring i don't know it's Ugh. just not up there for wow. me so I'm this sick. is now
1: you know how it feels when we were talking about skinnamaric now you know this yeah, is, but I got is, an argument for sick. I don't know what your argument is for skin of a ring. But anyway, <laughs> what's your number two, buddy? My number two is a little film called Infinity Pool. I um, knew that was gonna be up there. I thought for sure that would be number one with you.
0: This is this is a beast of a movie. I'm not prepared to tackle in any depth right now. Um, but I'll I'll just say I've gone on a real journey with this film. I've I you know when I first got out, I generally liked it. Then I hated it on r- retrospect, and now I think I love it. Uh, so I've I've really there there have been some some uh, some changes here. This is like a soap opera, me and Infinity Pool. Um, you'll have to wait until my big Patreon video to see where it ranks in my my big Cronenberg uh, family filmography ranking. But I can I can tell you right now, it's it's well deserving of the number two slot on my list. I think it's really interesting in the way that only a Cronenberg film can be um and uh great cast there are yeah. some questionable choices i think by mia goth in the third act but overall i would you say think? It's, yeah. it's very effective so you did see infinity i don't know if i've ever asked you you did see infinity pool i mm. Mm.
1: i have i will be honest with you i kind of checked in and out with it when it was on. <laughs> okay uh, i'm not the biggest and cronenberg fan you know that I think we both um,
0: agree that Possessor is a great film.
1: I, it was another oh, that's one not of true. You no, I said with Possessor. I just could not. I, I, I didn't like that. a single person in the movie. I, I sure. didn't. I, 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 there was no one to root for. There was no one to connect with. I just thought they were all scumbags. Mm-hmm. And I I, I I just, you know, it, it was well shot. It was well edited. But other, And it was a great cast. But And I felt a little bit the same with Infinity Pool. I tried, but I just, nah, didn't work for me. Now I don't like
0: Infinity Pool as much as Possessor. I can't say yeah. that right now, but I I think it's a wonderfully shot movie. I think it's got a lot of weird ideas that definitely make it worth a watch. Um, and uh and yeah, like I said, if you want to see Mia Goth go crazy, and yeah. <laughs> I mean watch the third act of this film. If you thought that I'm a Star from Pearl was was uh was uh, kind of a jaw-dropping moment, you are going to yeah you are going to have a field day with with the third act of Infinity Pool. And it sounds like from what I've heard so far from uh, Maxine that she's really going to town with that one, too. I don't know if you heard about the I can't wait to
1: see Maxine. I look forward to that this year. You know, you've got Maxine. We've got, I know you're looking forward to Nosferatu, I'm sure. Big time. Oh, yeah. And and I'm also um, looking forward to, um, to, of course, Jordan Peele's December yeah. horror offering can't wait for that Which but in we the meantime, nothing about. yes we know nothing about it and won't let's face it until we're very close yeah. to its release but that's how it was with, with it
0: uh Ari Aster's uh Bo is Afraid right Bo it's like afraid, we yeah. we knew nothing it was Disappointment Boulevard for a while and then you know we literally knew nothing until that movie came out so and we still know nothing
1: <laughs> right well but one film we we've talked a lot about so i'll just go ahead my number two is talk to me and um i we talked about this and and we both agreed incredible opening scene right oh yeah one of
0: the best cold opens i think in recent memory it's really really strong
1: yeah i agree so we've talked a lot about it you can check that out on patreon my number two is talk to me so I have a pretty good idea now what your number <laughs> sure. one is. I was I was I was wondering. I thought, I thought maybe Infinity Pool would be your number one, and this uh. would be your number two. But I didn't know. But I'm pretty sure I know. We'll see. Uh, my
0: number one is. I mentioned it a second ago. It's Bo is yep. Afraid. Yes, Mario I knew Astor. that was yes. This is one. Uh, Nathan and I covered it on HMP, Uh I think it was episode two twenty one, the first Frankensteinian one back. Mm-hmm. Um, but Man, if this wasn't one of the most affecting movies I've seen in my life. This is a this is a journey, man. Uh Bo is afraid. You've probably heard a lot about it so far, but maybe you have no idea what it's about. And I'm not going to try to summarize that for you. Uh mm-hmm. I think I tried in and Nathan and I's uh review of it on HMP, so you can go see me struggle with that if you want to. But um for now I'll just say it's it's equal parts hilarious and and mortifying. Uh, it's, it's epic and it's introspective, uh, and I'm searching for the, here. it's ambiguous, was... it's, it's, yeah. it's explicit. It's everything. Bo is afraid is,
1: is everything really. I have not finished it yet. You mm-hmm. gave me this for Christmas. I started it. I got yeah. called away. It's part of being a pastor. People call it. <laughs> yeah. such and such is going to hospitals. No matter what you're doing, you got to drop it. So, um, i have not finished it yet i was intrigued by it i was really shocked we talked about this when you were home for christmas this was a movie with a decent budget and it's ari aster's first film that didn't knock it out of the park in the box office it kind of kind of just came and went kind of quietly
0: well i i think the reason for that is pretty clear this is a weird movie that kind of seems like it would only appeal to a very a very niche uh, audience but it, mm-hmm. it it worked for me and um i understand complaints about it i think yes the second act does uh kind of lead you along the garden path uh sort of in a way and i love that by the way uh but it's it definitely does go on some diversions um but i think it is uh it's it's it it affected me in a way like i said that i i can't remember any other i mean obviously hereditary and Midsommar, they're really really scary and deeply terrifying and you feel that feeling of dread when you watch them and this right. has that but it's also very funny and and uh dramatic and everything you know it it has it sort of has like the, the peaks of every film you can talk, you can think of like every genre kind of crammed into one. And it's a very strange feeling. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's not only is it my, and some people might not call it horror. I think that Ari Aster calls it uh, a dark fantasy comedy, uh, mm. whatever that means. But it's, for me, it's not only my favorite horror movie of the year, it's my favorite film of the year period. Um, I think it's, i think it's it's amazing but i think it's also safe to say that ari aster deserves a vacation after this i mean somewhere nice and warm where he can drink my ties by the beach uh because <laughs> making these three films that he's made back to back to back uh i think would kill a mere mortal so nine out of ten for Bo is afraid i love it i think it's terrifying and amazing and wonderful um you go listen to nathan and i's review on hmp uh, if you want more, I think, again, that's, uh, 221, the first HMP 2.0 Frankensteinian episode. Um, but man, oh man, it's a trip, Bo is afraid, Ari Aster, you've done it again, Scorsese loves this movie. So, you know, I think that's all the praise you need.
1: Yeah, there we go. Well, yeah, I look forward to finishing it. Um, you know, as is much as i think joaquin phoenix is just visiting the planet if you know what i mean (laughs) sure um i you know i do think he is a great actor so i look forward to to finally finishing that so i appreciate you gave me the blu-ray and so i look forward to it but um my number one is we've talked about it and this shocked me that again this should not be for me this is not the kind of the tone movie i the movie with the tone i kind of that i usually avoid and and can't stand and don't want to see again Hmm. that's when evil lurks wow when evil lurks is my number one it's the it got the highest rating of anything i reviewed on letterbox this year got a nine out of ten um and like i said it just when i was watching it i was uncomfortable but man did it it just stuck with me and i couldn't deny it yeah i had forgotten that you
0: said we were going to talk about this one later down the list. That one totally snuck up on me. that's a surprise one but um but yeah i you know again i i think it it is uh incredibly well made and kind of preys upon your senses in a way that that few films can um and this director i mean we knew that from terrified that he knows how to make you visceral like viscerally yes. uncomfortable yes um and I think that's something that this does very well so when evil lurks it it is kind of a a um it's like a a dark fairy tale um it's sort of it's got like a maybe even like a i don't even know what to what to compare this to but it, yeah. it it is it is pretty messed up and there's there's some imagery that will stick with you i mean even that the picture from the poster you know with the axe that is what a scene that is um, and it just keeps getting worse from there. If you think that's if you're watching it, you're like, "Ooh, that's brutal." That's going to be the memorable part of the movie, right? And then we get to the third act, and you're like, "Whoa!" So this is definitely one. I think even if you're not usually big into foreign films and, and watching films with subtitles, I think this is one where the content of the film really merits you give it a good college try because this is this is one that will stick with you.
1: Yeah, and then, look, things could change because, as we said, I I, I need to watch. Uh, Bo is afraid I need to watch Godzilla minus one and you know I need to give infinity pool another try I need to do it without the phone and and my you know and Greek verb stuck in front of me and just kind of <laughs> half watching um so I need to do all that but but right now when evil lurks is is my number one and and you know I only saw 30 some maybe 35 horror movies this year 33 34 35 somewhere around there. And only a couple of stinkers. We talked about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. I thought Rink sucked. You liked it. <laughs> um, w- I think both of us agreed that Cocaine Bear was not great. Um, no, but there were others. You know, I will say as far as honorable mentions, the Angry Black Girl and her Monster. I really liked. Hmm. Uh, I was shocked at how much I liked the Boogeyman. Um, yeah, Brooklyn Forty Five. Uh, I thought especially the performances were so good. In it, a movie that really got just raked over the coals by the critics. And I understand why, because it's a quote unquote faith based movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really liked it. It was recommended to me by my uh, sister-in-law and uh, Megan and I rented it. We both really liked it. A movie called Nefarious. Yeah, Um, I've heard about that one. I haven't seen it though. Yeah, I really liked it uh, about a serial killer uh, who's who's getting ready to go to the um the gas chamber and is is possessed by a demon and uh and so uh what's his name oh shoot his name's slipping away from me now the other guy from the boondock saints not Norman Reedus, but the other one um he plays the possess- the demon possessed killer and um he's very very good in it I really liked it another one that I was shocked by was a Tubi original hmm. uh Resurrected which yeah, was I want a to movie that, that uh, Jay of the Dead recommended. He texted me and said, have you seen Resurrect? I said, no. And, and, and to be honest, because it was a 2B original, I was had didn't have a lot of uh, expectations. Uh, didn't have high expectations for a 2B original. Sorry, Bill. But uh, I was surprised at how much I liked Resurrected. And I will say, even though we've talked about this, I did not hate Scream 6. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked 5 better than 6. But I liked, you know, I liked Scream 6. I didn't love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I didn't love it either. I just think it was stronger than Scream 5. Um, oh. And I really enjoyed it. And I thought it had a great, a great cold open.
1: Um, and uh, and yeah, I thought the setting was, was really cool. But the setting was cool. I will give you that. Yeah, the setting was cool. The only other movie I will talk about that we haven't mentioned is one that I will didn't make my top 10 list. Um, I think I gave it like a seven out of 10, but it was so much fun that I probably will revisit it again. And just because I am so busy and, um, that I just, I just don't have a lot of time, uh, spare time. And, um, so rewatching something is a big deal is I really love totally killer. Yeah. You know, I totally killer to me was a lot of fun.
0: That's another one I need to see. I mean, I feel like Totally Killer um, kind of at the beginning, I was not really interested in it because I was like, oh, it's a happy death day. You know, it's just yeah. happy death day. But then I heard a lot of people saying it's fun. It's a lot of fun and you'll enjoy it. And it, it is it happy is, death day. It, it is back to the future. It's, you know, it's, it's
1: back, back to the future. As I was gonna right. say, it's, it's if, if it's if it's a, you know, if happy death day is Groundhog Day becomes a horror movie this is back to the future becomes a horror movie, but it's, but I was shocked at how much I had fun with it. And, you know, it's somewhat predictable. It's, but it's still just, um, just a blast.
0: Yeah. That's definitely what I need to see. And this, I mean, like we said it up at the top, I suspect this list will change a lot.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, I think mine will as well. And I do have to say, there were parts of, but this is the way you know. Whenever you get a movie like this, um, I thought VHS eighty five had a couple of good segments in it as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, that's always tricky with with anthology films, isn't it? I mean, unless yeah, unless I mean, if there are four films, unless three out of the four are are really strong, it's exactly, hard to recommend it.
1: It's always one of those things, like you know, I was discussing this with our buddy Dave Becker about John Carpenter, like how you rank john carpenter movies there are the top tier which are like obvious classics like halloween and the thing um and then there are maybe not they're not at that level but they're just great movies uh like the fog and christine and escape from new york um but then you've got something like what do you do with body bags because i don't with body bags i don't really care for the the hair thing or the eye thing, I, I think they're just, they're mediocre at best, but Carpenter's gas station scene in that, yeah. oh, that entry is fantastic. Yeah,
0: it's tricky. And usually, I mean, unless it's something, I remember—I don't remember where this landed, but I think the mortuary collection was one that in like 2018 or whatever, yeah. that, that made some people's lists that I really enjoyed a lot of, but I was hesitant yeah. to put up there for that very reason, but uh, but yeah, but it's tricky. And um, and yeah, that's, that's always how it is with VHS, right? Because VHS is kind of like a finger on the pulse. Who's making interesting stuff right now? And that might land for you. It might not. I mean, they're really taking big swings with that, you know, getting in a wide pool of talent. So yeah, I would say that, um, that, Maybe, maybe if this year had been a little weaker, which is hard, hard to imagine,
1: that that might have also, that might have also made. Wait, we, it for we me. should admit though. I mean, we you can't help but to compare. You know, really horror fans over the last, if you go from like 2016 to 2022, or even before that, we've been pretty spoiled. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it's 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 tough. I mean, it, if you would ask us, if this was 1997, things might be different,
1: right? But. Or oh, well, this would have been a, this would have been a banner year in the '90s, yeah. yeah no
0: kidding. But well, we're we're thinking about those years long lost, 2016, 2018, where you're like that was a banger year, and yeah. uh, and now, not so much. For like in the context of recent horror revival, this is this is a, a little bit of a slump. But I think you know uh, that that's due. I think in a lot due to the the strikes and the, and the COVID pandemic still affecting things. I mean, we got stuff in 2020 that was worked on before the pandemic. that was still good. 2021, same way. Stuff that was shot before the the pandemic that was really good, but now it's really catching up with us. We're getting the backlog now. We're getting the projects that have been kind of sitting on the burner for a while that have been filmed over a year and a half, that kind of thing um, that are just now getting out of the festival circuit. So that's kind of what we're left with. But I, You know, again, like we said, just looking forward to 2024. Lots of promising releases. We might have to wait a while. We might have to wait until deep in the year. So I'm, I suspect that you know our list will be looking a little pathetic until come October. Yeah, I'm
1: not. When I'm looking over the horror movies that are scheduled, you know, for release, it's like September, October before I get really excited for anything. You know, I mean, I'll go. I'll go see the new Ghostbusters movie, I'm sure. Mm. Uh, but I'm not expecting a great deal from no. it. No, um, I'm sure that I will have fun with Terrifier 3, but I'm pretty sure it also won't make my list. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, but I do look forward to, and on top of we talked about, you know, Jordan Peele and, and Robert Eggers, you know, they've got, you know, films that they'll be bringing out, you know, both at Christmas time, which is weird that they're kind of pitting them against each other. I think that's strange. Yeah. I do look forward to see what Lee Winnell does with Wolfman. Yeah, that's one
0: I'm looking forward to. That's that's kind of been in the works for a while, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, but he's he did such a great job with the invisible man. Um, that I know I like that more than you, but I think I think people were at least surprised with kind of the direction he took with it. Um yeah. and he's obviously very good at working with actors. Mm-hmm yeah i'm all for him taking a, another stab at the dark universe
0: Ta- you know why not if if uh, universal is going to keep throwing money at that thing uh have it be lee one L because i think he's he's really the one who has the best grasp on how to How to adapt those classic films for, for the modern age. So I'm, yeah, I'm excited about that. I was hearing weird things like, are are we still doing that? Elizabeth Banks one, wasn't there like a bride of Frankenstein one that was coming out?
1: Yeah. I, am not sure that, you know, I think right now they're kind of, you know, they were blown away by the success of the invisible man because it was a big box office hit. I mean, you know, you know, they were shocked at how well it did, but, um, but, yeah, they've been kind of slow to pull the trigger on other stuff. And I think the only reason Wolfman is slated for um, October and, and got made was because Lee Winnell was behind it. and He already had a hit under his belt. Yeah. Other other than that, I'm not sure if it would have happened. You know, I think that one of the things that obviously they're wrestling with is, and I'm sure you can relate to this. Mm-hmm. You know, Dracula, Frankenstein, they've been done, even the mummy have been done so many times. Yeah. What do you do with it?
0: Yeah, and the answer is get a fresh voice like Lee Whannell behind it. I mean, you take the Invisible Man, and he's no longer the protagonist. Now he's an unseen villain, Right. and that's the direction he take it. So I'm excited to see what they do with the Wolfman. I suspect they'll still do. The Wolfman is the protagonist, and it's kind of humanizing him um but uh and uh i think they'll still go that chain the jr route but um it, it will be interesting to see what kind of spin he has on it because the right. invisible man was a science experiment like a uh, a suit in this in this one instead of a science experiment you know like a a chemical kind of thing that was kind of an interesting spin on it and um and yeah so i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing his his weird twisted take on the wolf man um but one of my favorite memes is the let the games begin. It's the classic Dracula Untold line when they're oh, trying to gosh. launch the launch the Dark Universe for the first time. It ends with a seek with a uh a post credits like uh, Marvel style tease where a guy right. goes, Let the games begin and ooh the dark universe is uh never mind.
1: <laughs> so, yeah.
0: so we'll see if it gets up and running. Maybe we'll for a while.
1: I, I'm I'm hoping to be pleasantly surprised because a lot of the stuff that i've seen advertised slated for this year yeah i don't have high hopes for yeah. and so maybe i'll be surprised you know um there's the omen you know remake prequel whatever mm-hmm. there's yeah. another alien movie um you know, I'll be, it'll be, I guess, interesting to see what happens with Beetlejuice 2. Yeah. I'm not sure how you feel about that because as much, I look, I love Beetlejuice, but I know you really love Beetlejuice, so how do yeah. you feel about that? One of my favorite films of all time.
0: Yeah, it's tricky because, I mean, what what's Tim Burton's involvement in this? Is he directing it or what's going on? I don't know. I, I think he's just, I, maybe just it's producing, producing it. it. I don't know. Let's see. that That, I mean yeah he is directing it oh okay Interesting. listen i you know tim burton i love i think his his uh he hasn't been hitting it out of the park in a while though. no i would say that's an understatement he's i think he's kind of gotten um. Uh, think the comfy. last
1: great movie he directed was probably big fish
0: yeah yeah big fish um which was 20-some yeah. years ago? It's, yeah, he's, I think he got too comfortable. He, you know, was given bigger and bigger budgets, and he was like, oh, I can just shoot in front of a green screen. I don't need to actually go out on, ooh,
1: on set where it's like, it's hot and sticky. Well, hey, Hitchcock hated to go off the studio lot, too, so, you well, know. Well, dude,
0: uh, dude would break a sweat in 70-degree weather because he was 300 <laughs> pounds. It makes sense. But, um, but Tim Burton, you can, I mean, yeah the the best the reason tim burton's early films feel so um so remarkable is because they really were real you know you're there it's the makeup it's the sets it's the stop motion that's what i love about beetlejuice and i suspect with beetlejuice too unless i'm wrong and i would love to be proven wrong because i love beetlejuice I'm just afraid he's going to go that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory CG. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm afraid of. or yeah, Allison or whatever his yeah. Alice in Wonderland was, which I never saw. Um, but, you know, I mean, look, the guy, uh, he, he was one of those that he made one of the best movies of the 90s in Ed Wood. And he made one of the worst movies in the 90s with Mars Attacks, you know, so <laughs> sure. it's, which which one is going to show up? That's kind of the
0: he's the M. Night Shyamalan kind of thing, right? Where he's, <laughs> yeah,
1: he made a couple
0: of amazing, like mind blowingly great movies. And now it's like, what do you do now? Um, where it's kind he, of, dramatic. I mean,
1: like, give the guy credit. I mean, the run he had when I mean, he did Pee Wee's Big Adventure and then Beetlejuice and then Batman and then Edward Scissorhands yeah you know within like five four great movies in five years that's a heck of a run and even though Batman Returns I thought was so so um Mm -hmm. I thought there was a little I thought they tried to do too much with it um but then you know he came back with you know uh, Ed Wood which I thought was brilliant the greatest biopic ever made I would say probably oh my gosh it's fantastic in it I mean and you know, so the, the guy's got incredible talent. I liked Sleepy Hollow a lot. Yeah. I thought it was good. I loved Big Fish, which was really a departure for him, but I thought it was really good. So let's hope for the best. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And that's how I feel about 2024 in
0: general. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, it won't be too long until we're back here now talking let's about... Face
1: it, because I know how you feel about Robert Egger. So if you're not blown away by Nosferatu, you're going to be bummed.
0: Yeah, I will be. And, you know, I... I was all in for Last Voyage of the Demeter, which is one that didn't come up at all this episode. No, for, a reason, um, for a
1: good reason, yeah.
0: Which I think has good elements to it. I, I really like the ship set. I think it looks good. But uh, but yeah, kind of kind of kind of squandered.
1: just didn't work.
0: They hid uh, what's his name the the actor that that played um, the creature. What's that guy's name? I'll have to look that. Up. The the. Oh, I don't um,
1: remember. Hold on. Uh, My brain is so fried from studying. The only thing I could respond to right now, Jackson, would be you know, um, turn this deponent Greek verb into a participle. I can <laughs> yeah, do that yeah. for you. I can do that for you. Uh, other than that, I'm useless. Um, Javier
0: Botet. Oh, okay. Javier okay. Botet, many people will know. He was in, uh, uh, he was mama. He's in Rack. He's uh uh, what's that? The Jangly Man or whatever from The Conjuring. He's that guy. He's in Scary Stories to Tell uh, in the Dark. He's in the, the dark, guy yeah. who can like bend over, like like do the spider walk and stuff. Super flexible creature actor. He played uh, Dracula in Last Voyage of the Demeanor, but you can't even tell because they slapped CGI over him. like uh, so Why? Why? And they did the same thing with Stranger Things, where it's like you've got good character, like creature actors in a suit, and then you just completely like basically you painstakingly take out the suit and then put on a cg thing like they're clone stamping out the suit frame by frame and putting in a oh it just really breaks your heart so that's that's where i am on last voyage of the demeter but yeah we'll see i think robert eggers is going to come reclaim the crown and uh and make the nosferatu film and it's it's a it's a really tough, uh, got some really tough competition, obviously, with the uh, the remake and the and the original. And I sent you a meme the other day, and <laughs> Curse yeah. Film, everyone on Nosferatu is now dead. Yeah,
1: that's fine. <laughs> Where's the Curse Film's documentary about Nosferatu? Hey, man, you, you know, look, people are. Li- I saw this morning on the news when I was getting up, it was like, um, the oldest guy in America, I guess, just had his birthday this week is 116 years old so you know hey you never know maybe Um,
0: maybe in 100 years the cast of talk to me will still be alive they'll still be around
1: man they'll still be around um yeah but i you know hopefully 2024 you know we've seen this before where we've had We've looked to the year and we've done this when we've done our top 10 list. We look ahead and we thought, well, such and such is doing this, such and such is doing that. But, you know, let's face it, half the time, even when we've had good years, half our lists are typically made up by movies that have made the festival circuit that we hadn't heard of until they hit like Shutter or something like that. Yeah
0: yeah so it'll it'll sneak up on us, I'm sure um, I would have liked a little bit of that this year, but um yeah, we'll see so i'm 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 cautiously optimistic as I am every year um, and um and yeah, but I won't even say that I'm excited why not? I'll let myself have that I'm excited <laughs> um, and yeah uh, and yes, and I hope that Godzilla wondered, minus one wins all I, the Oscars.
1: Yeah, I wondered how you would feel about though. I want Beetlejuice too, because literally Beetlejuice. If people don't know, it's one of your favorite. It's like one of your 10 or 20 favorite films of all time. Yeah, and so you know, I didn't know if you were like couldn't wait or you were like eh, we'll see i'm i yeah i mean it's it's like the star
0: wars prequels right it could go either way it's like (laughs) i'm i'm nervous about that i mean it's like he's revisiting this a little too late i feel like we'll see okay and i've seen you know there's that out of focus shot of uh michael keaton in the beetlejuice makeup and it's like it's cool that he's in for it but we'll see i'm not gonna say anything
1: else i don't want to put my foot in my mouth Good enough. Well, folks, um, we do thank you for listening. We do have, um, even though as busy as we are and you're getting ready to go to work on a feature film uh, here in the next few months and all that other kind of stuff, uh, we do have our horror Oscars we need to do soon. That's right. So I've been slowly putting together a list. I always wait to see, you know, um, the various lists that come out. And I try to do a combination list of your top 10, my top 10. Fangoria's, you know, Chainsaw Awards and all that kind of stuff. And then our Patreon supporters get to vote on it. So if you're not a Patreon supporter, it's only $2.50 a month. You can jump on there and you can vote. Um, And those will be coming up fairly soon. And so I hope to have a list together here in a week or two that Jackson, go ahead and start slapping up on Patreon and people can start voting on so that hopefully uh, like the Oscars, maybe by the end of March, we'll have our episode up and our winners announced. What do you think? I think we can do it. I think okay. uh, it's crunch time. It's crunch time. All right, buddy. Well, um, you are, like I said, you're you're working hard. And so just uh, if you want to tell the Patreon supporters what life's been like for you for <laughs> uh, like just the past week's been pretty crazy for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're, we're like you said, we're doing a pre-production training for a feature and uh, I've been, you know, I got certified in a new editing software because that's where we're editing the feature in. So lots, lots happening um, and I'm spinning plates, got some plans to try to hopefully get a short film or two in before the feature starts, because then that's 12 hour days. So, right, we'll see, um, but uh, I'm excited
1: for about it. For people that. who don't know, who haven't, you know, they haven't been to film classes or anything, or they don't know that much about film school. You're not going to a lot of classes right now. I mean, no. you're because you're you are fully in film school. You are working on films hands on in different roles all the time, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, they told us in our orientation it's basically a trade school, right? Film school is less of an academic kind of thing and more of a you're learning a trade. Um, right. and that for people who are like grip and electric and carpentry like on set, that is abs- that's literally what it is. You you you're doing a trade. So Um, that's less so for me, I'm an editor, which I guess you're kind of learning tools of the trade with that. But so that's, Hey, John,
1: John Carpenter said they asked him about film school when he went to USC with, you know, and he went to USC with Nick Castle and, you know, Tommy Lee Wallace and, you know, all those guys, Dan O'Bannon. And they asked him about it. He said, I already knew what a good movie was. He said, what I loved about film school is I learned to use all the stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's the valuable part. I mean, it's not even just learning literally, you know, what you want to do. It's it's learning about how everything works together, yeah. and um, and seeing, you know, because since you learn about every single position, you have more empathy on set for the people in those positions, right? And you have the the knowledge that allows you to kind of sit back if you're in a if you're a department head you know that those people know what they're supposed to do and that they have this delineation of power and that they can they can get stuff done so that's that's kind of the idea behind film school and yeah it's really awesome that they let us use 50,000 dollar cameras right that's that's kind of a right that's kind of nice but um yeah we're shooting <laughs> Forty-eight hour film festival things on fifty thousand dollar cameras, which is not usually how that goes. I mean, you can watch Brandon Krenenberg's forty-eight hour film festival entry. You've and-
1: shown me like the stuff that some of the stuff you've been involved in. It looks really good because you. I mean, when they when I say you're doing everything, just you know, for those people out there who are wondering, I mean, I I you and know, I have talked about this. You've directed. Mm-hmm. You've you've been the cinematographer. You've you've held the boom mic, you've edited, mm-hmm. you've been essentially, they call you producer, but you're basically the production manager. Right. You've, you've written scripts, you've helped write scripts. Um, you're doing all of it. Yeah, and that's been
0: really informative for me and I think has told me what I don't want to do more than anything. <laughs> Definitely don't want to be a producer.
1: Don't want to hold a boom mic at 2 a.m.?
0: Well, yeah. I mean that's that's not necessarily the most fun, but I would rather be an onset audio mixer or boom operator than than a producer. That sucks being a producer, but, <laughs> um, but yeah. And like you said, that's it's more like being a POC than a than a yeah. producer when it comes to cycle films. But, uh, yeah. That was that was uh, it's fun and um and yeah. And it's it's doesn't hurt that I'm you know putting credits on my IMDb. So that's fun, and I'm looking forward to. To getting out there, I'll probably do uh
1: news and reality TV for a while, but that's how that's how you get your start. Uh, that's how you get started, man. Hey, Spielberg got started doing uh night gallery and um mm-hmm. Columbo, you know? I would be um, so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you never know. So well, I think uh,
0: it's more likely I'll I'll be doing CSI
1: Miami. Hey, you know, uh, I, hey, look, man, I don't care what you're doing. You know, I mean, you know, even if you end up having to, you know, uh, do some work for, to get a little, to get your rent money, if you're director of photography for one of the 60 different real housewives of whatever, you know, <laughs> hey, man, you know, a gig's a gig, right? You get the, right. you get the, it's what happens. So you learn by doing. So like, I'm what, proud what's that of classic.
0: You. What's that classic John Carpenter quote about what he thought about uh, the Halloween sequels?
1: something about oh. money
0: floating into his hands
1: oh yeah, yeah. well it was he said was his wife his wife sandy you know when they wanted to remake uh when uh the weinsteins wanted to remake halloween and they wanted to remake the fog mm. and he originally was against it and then his wife was like what do you care if they just want to write you a check and then it's on them if it, they screw it up and he's like oh okay <laughs> yeah there you, when you put it that way yeah, I'll just cash the checks and not my name under the, you know, being directed by. So <laughs> go right ahead. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, you got to do what you got to do, right? So I'm proud of you, buddy. And uh, we will try to get our horror Oscar stuff up on Patreon pretty soon. I'll put those lists together and get them to you. And uh, we thank everybody for listening. We'll be back soon as we possibly can. And be sure to uh you can uh check out uh us occasionally on hP which you and I own but we're hardly ever on because we're busy yeah um they're doing a great job they are Nathan and Trey and Victor are doing a fantastic job over there um and they've had Wolfman on and Dave and Jay and Joel and and so forth and Brian Scott and others they've had you know just some great shows so be sure to check that out where else can they find you buddy well, you can find me on Twitter at Kane underscore Hero twelve. Uh, that's got
0: everything linked there on my link tree, so check that out. Obviously, the Patreon—you mentioned that—that's where uh, a lot of a lot of just little fun content things go, and um, and yeah, and you can always always find me uh, deep in the credits of IMDb. <laughs> <And> someday <laughs> Peter is going to be shouting me out on
1: Retro Movie Geek. That's right. 20, Twenty years. That's right. All takes. And, uh, yeah, I can be found at Twitter at Pastor Matt R or X or whatever it is. And uh, we also have a closed Facebook group for Father and Son Watch Horror and for Horror Movie Podcast. You can uh, join those if you so like. And so until next time, we uh, say goodbye to the good folks. Goodbye. And remember to watch Skinner It's a great film.
0: I think you'll love it. Uh, And uh, that's a guarantee from me to you.
1: And we just lost all of our Patreon supporters. <laughs> so anyway, God, avoid rink like the plague, folks. Uh, anyway, uh, we want to thank you for listening. Join us next time. We, we hope not to be uh, gone as long this time around. And remember, folks, the family that watches horror together slays together. See you next time.
0: Once again, I want to thank our Patreon supporters, Trey Whetstone, Stefan Sitter, Amy Swan, Ryan Bratton, Greg and Pearl Morgan, Nick Stumpf, Kevin Corpy, Kate Lamp, Joel Robertson, Ian West, Ian Urza, Greg Russell, Greg Bench, Dave Becker, Dan George, Carl Davis, Brian Scott, Billy D, Ashley Pinkard, and Andred. Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. You're the best. Like I've said before, you make this podcast possible.